Hello, listeners. This week, we'll be making a donation to Fair Fight, which was founded by Stacey Abrams. For anyone who is not familiar with Stacey Abrams, she is a New York Times bestselling author, serial entrepreneur, nonprofit CEO, and political leader. After serving for 11 years in the Georgia House of Representatives, seven as Democratic leader, in 2018, Abrams became the Democratic nominee for governor of Georgia, winning more votes than any other Democrat in the state's history. She also played a vital role in the 2020 election this year. After witnessing the gross mismanagement of the 2018 election by the Secretary of State's office, Abrams launched Fair Fight to ensure every American has a voice in our election system through programs such as Fair Fight 2020, an initiative to fund and train voter protection teams in 20 battleground states. Voter suppression of voters of color and young voters is a scourge our country faces in states across the nation. Georgia's 2018 elections shone a bright light on the issues with elections that were rife with mismanagement, irregularities, unbelievably long lines, and more, exposing both recent and also decades-long actions and inactions by the state to thwart the right to vote. Georgians and Americans are fighting back. Fair Fight Action engages in voter mobilization and education activities and advocates for progressive issues. In addition, Fair Fight Action has mounted significant programs to combat voter suppression in Georgia and nationally. Chip in to be a part of our movement to ensure free and fair elections so that the people's voices can be heard. Our democracy depends on it. Previously on Harry Potter and the Anxious Millennials. See, this is how rarely Adam says nice things. Because it's only for the pod. Listeners, like for the pod. Not, not thirty minutes ago, Adam <laughs> called me a psycho bitch. It's true. <laughs> you literally just had an owl fly into the home of a muggle family as if, oh, he's done a levitation charm. Here's a trained male owl that will fly in in front of the muggles. Like, that's so fine. Like, the minute, like, come on. Why don't we call him Doughboy? We just call him Dobby, guys, come on. Why don't we call him a marginalized victim? And Harry's like, hey, Fuck you. I have friends. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. I'm Harry Potter. You can't stop me from doing reckless things. A it's famous Death, Death Eater. Eater. I'm a sorry. A trending yes. Death Eater. <laughs> Is that no Yaxley? <laughs> He's an influencer in the Death Eater yeah, yeah. community. Justice for Dobby. Justice for, for Dobby. Dobby. He murdered Quirrell. He murdered yeah. a man. This is, yeah. That's what he did. This, this child Somebody! <laughs> he is 11 and he murdered someone. With his bare hands, literally. From this, written a different way, this is the omen. This is what <laughs> this is. <laughs> Harry Potter, the Antichrist. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Harry Potter and the Anxious Millennials, a show where we delve week by week into each chapter of the Harry Potter series. Allie, we read <laughs> chapter three of Chamber of Secrets. Um, it's called The Burrow. This chapter is called The Burrow. Um, would you like to tell us a little, a little clip of what it was about? Ron takes Harry home to meet his parents. Oh, sweet. Third date. No, mm-hmm. it would be more than three dates. Yeah, they're going steady already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're exclusive. 
I have a note about the very first line of this chapter. <laughs> Great. Are you going to tell us what it is? <laughs> oh, I didn't know if you are valid when to start. I'll read I'll read it and then I, and I then, know uh, what you're going to say. I don't think you I mean if you do that's crazy, but I really don't think you do. What if it said this? Ron breathed Terry, creeping to the window and pushing it up so they could talk through the bars. Ron, how did you What the fuck? <laughs> Joe just like fully went in and was like, and then Harry, being from public school, <laughs> spoke like he went to a public school. Okay, that's not where I thought you were going. Thank you. <laughs> what were you going to say, Allie? I thought he was going to make a sex joke. Oh. <laughs> oh, creeping through the bars, honey? Well, and Ron breathed Harry. Yes. Ooh, Ron. Exactly. Breathe, Harry. <laughs> no, I just really like the idea that he's like, what? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what am I looking at right now? Yeah. What is happening? What, what, what is happening? Um, so Ron has showed up to Harry's window. Like I said last episode, it's very romantic. And he's in a flying car and he's like, all right, Harry, we came to rescue you. And Harry's like, I, I'm dumbfounded. I, you're flying a car? What's happening? Ron says, he's, he's like, why haven't you answered my letters? Um, I asked you to come stay. Um, and my dad told me about your official warning. How does Arthur know about the official warning? Yeah, people are just talking about this at the Ministry of Magic. Exactly. What kind of confidential, confidentiality practices are in place? First of all, I b don't believe they've ever heard of the word confidentiality in the <laughs> in the uh, wizarding community. But also, I will say, I I'm gonna buy this one only because, like, if Harry Potter got a legal notice about like doing magic outside of school, I feel like everyone would be like, oh, "Did you hear Harry Potter got a legal notice?" Yeah, fair. that's the only only that's explanation. Fair. I don't know why Arthur Weasley would hear about it. Because, like, don't we later go to his office and it's, like, so far removed from, like, literally everything? I don't know how it would get to him necessarily. Yeah. But let's say there's a water cooler that he heard they it were, at. They were on the lifts. Yeah. Yes. There was, you know, general office chatter on the lifts. Yeah. That's how, I think. Mm -hmm. This is just, I don't know if it's, like, a classic Ron move, but I love that instead of checking on Harry in another way, like, sending in Arabella Fig or I don't know what other like he's like you know what I'm gonna fly a car I'm so concerned I'm going from zero to 60 I'm showing up in my dad's flying car in the dead of the night no warning I'm coming to get you this made me realize that like she's just reusing an idea that she used in the first book which is the flying motorcycle at the beginning Mm -hmm. And then being like, what's bigger than a motorcycle? A car. <laughs> Next is like a flying tank. <laughs> yeah. By book seven, it's just like a flying RV. Like, what are we getting <laughs> by the end of the series? An actual plane. Yeah. <laughs> so Harry's like, well, I can't just jump in. My, my stuff is locked away. 
and Fred and George are like, please, we got you, honey. So they pull, they pull the bars. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's how they talk, Adam. The old Jewish women of Fred and George Weasley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> please, honey. They, they are Rana and Beverly. Yes, very that. So they pull they pull the bars off the side of the house and they climb in through the window and they go and they unlock the door using a hairpin. And this is the introduction of the theme that runs throughout this book series is um, the 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 simplicity that is overlooked by people who think they're so smart. People who overestimate their genius and underestimate how effective something so simple can be Mm -hmm. like picking a lock like picking a lock yes so obviously here it's but he you know he says like a lot of wizards don't mess with stuff like this but it's a very useful skill and that's something that comes back again and again is a lot of wizards think that like silly things aren't that important but then they end up being incredibly important later on like house elf magic yeah what is a hairpin is it I, like a bobby, like a bobby pin? A bobby pin. That's what I was oh, okay. assuming. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I think in the movie, they also agreed with this, what I'm about to say, and so that's why they changed it. But they would have woken up if those bars were being yanked off of that damn window. <laughs> I'm like, there is no way. Like, it says, like, Vernon grunts in his sleep, and I was like, no. <laughs> I was just like, mm-mm. Yeah. No bars way. literally attached to the brick of their home. Just yanked Which once off. again, no neighbor is like, hmm, that's yeah. a little sus. Like, Every, everybody had taken their Ambien that night <laughs> with three glasses of wine. There was no waking <laughs> them up. There was no waking that, them up. That has to be it. Yeah, Vernon Dursley takes sleeping pills every night. With yeah. several glasses of Chardonnay. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, no, that man sleeps so well. I, Yo, straight white men have to just sleep so confidently they have to just fall right asleep and be like not a care in the world (laughs) i keep a gun under my pillow and i sleep soundly oh i also feel like vernon definitely i mean he already has the shotgun yeah oh well although it was turned into a big bow so maybe he doesn't use it anymore so they get harry's stuff they, they go to weave. Harry almost forgets Hedwig because no one in this series uh, takes care of animals properly. <laughs> I was like, you know Hedwig was like, bitch. That's why <laughs> that she was... screeched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she literally was like, bitch, if where she are, you had, going? are you from if she, ha- if she had not screeched, how far do you think they would have gotten before he would have realized? That? All the to way the to burrow. the burrow. <laughs> yeah. It would have been two weeks later. And he was like, I feel like I'm missing something. Could it be a female character? No. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did have to say there is a little bit of of uh, foreshadowing because they let they let head Hedwig out and it says Hedwig soared joyfully out of the window to glide alongside them like a ghost. Yeah. Because yeah. she dies. <laughs> While flying. Yeah. While flying. Well, actually, in the book, she is in the cage at that point. She's, like, in his ca- She's in her cage in mm-hmm. between his legs. But in the mm-hmm. movie, they did change mm-hmm. it. So she's flying. She's, like, trying to protect him, yeah. which is sweet. Ah! It was more um, visually, like, moving <laughs> in the movie. Ah! I understand why they changed it. 
that Tedwig. She was protecting him. <laughs> yeah. She was. She was trying to. So I, w- I want to say this is this chapter is me saying your fave is problematic. <sighs> your fave is p- problematic? Molly, Molly Weasley wants, Molly wants a, house us elf. a house elf. Oh, yeah. No, I had that exact thought, which like, honestly, I'm not even annoyed at Molly Weasley. I, I get more annoyed at Joe when that happens because I'm like, wow, Joe, really? Like, you're not even going to have like the good characters because I know it's not her being intentional with that to make a statement to be like even a good character like you know is agreeing with slavery in this in the magical world it's just her like not not pandering for laughs but like just making light of the whole slavery thing it's just like oh yeah it's so normal in the magical world why it shouldn't be right but not not peeling apart the fact that like which you can make that thing but then you're also like supposed to read the series and be like god i wish i was a wizard so like i wish i was in the magical movie i don't know it's well the way that she she makes the house elves sound like it's like a they're a fun little servant like obviously not when you're hearing what's happening to dobby but like when molly's talking about it it's like cute because she wants a little servant to like what is it help with the laundry with help the with ironing. the ironing. Oh, the ironing. Okay, yeah. So it's like mm-hmm. something like that. But I'm like, not cute. It's not cute. And that- you're not helping when you're indentured, ser- indentured Literally. servant and forced to do something. Yeah. What? And and <sighs> honestly, I know it's it's I know it's stupid to like quibble about this particular thing. But you would think that she would be able to do the ironing through magic because like yes. a couple pages yeah, later. That too the dishes are washing themselves so there's a there's a thing that where a rag can just like move on a plate but i i'm supposed to believe that an iron can't just like iron some pants by or itself or you can't be like unwrinkle-fy and you don't yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly <laughs> literally a spell there should just be a yeah. spell for it what's the latin root of wrinkle and then just there you go make a spell out of that you made the spell yeah. So Harry tells them all about what happened with Dobby, and I, I just like Fred and George. <laughs> Very fishy. Definitely dodgy. Yeah. Like, they're just Waldorf and Statler. <laughs> um, and then um, they're, they're pulling up to the burrow. They're getting ready to land. <laughs> Wait, and... I have something I wanted to mention, though, too. Or ask, is this the first time where Harry and Ron and I guess Fred and George, where their suspicion is right in terms of like, they think it's Malfoy's elf and it is Malfoy's elf. They're just not 100% right. This idea of like a red herring isn't a red herring. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, Well, I guess they're right in the sense that he is the Malfoy. I hate to say yeah. this. He belongs to the Malfoys. Yeah. yeah. But I guess they're wrong in the sense that it wasn't just Draco playing a prank. Right. He's actually yeah. trying so, to warn Harry. Yeah. I just think that's the first time where they like guess at something and they're actually right rather than yeah. it's like a f- there's kind of a mm-hmm. twist, but it's not the twist that we've had in the in the first book or type of twist we've had in the first book. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> Although the also, the only twist in the first book was that it was Snape. Everything else, like Harry, just guessed on his own because he's such he's <laughs> so true. smart. That's true. I guess I'm also looking ahead into the other books, and there's like 
it's typically always like they think it's one person, but it's actually another person where this is like one of the few times where they're like, it must be Malfoy's elf. And it's like, it is. You just didn't have the whole thing right. But also when they're in the car and um, Fred and George mention Lucius Malfoy and how like their dad hates Lucius Malfoy. I was talking to Michael about this because apparently classism is like a really big, like major thing in the UK. So like, which like, duh, because, you know, if you think about how like, obviously there's, there was the, like Downton Abbey, you know, it's like the family and then all servants. And even though they did away with that, there still is like the animosity sometimes between like what Michael calls. downstairs. Yeah. What Michael calls like a toff, which is like an upper, upper crust aristocratic person. And then a pleb which is like a working class person. So the whole like, obviously Harry and Malfoy and Ron hate each other, but then Lucius and Arthur also hate each other. And it's just like that animosity between that. I guess that's just very common. So it's interesting to me that JK Rowling was like, we're going to have that carry over into the wizarding world as well in a world where they have magic, you know? So it's like still that affects how people see each other and feel about each other. I just thought it was interesting. She was like, let me add one more social issue that yeah. <laughs> that I can't I didn't have enough. Yeah, yeah, that I actually don't have the like full width to like grasp and pull, pick apart with nuance, but we'll try it. <laughs> Why not? So they're landing. They they pull up and Harry sees who named it the burrow? Who knows? Who do you think named it the burrow? I feel, first of all, house? do you do they do ever think... refer to it as the burrow in this book? There's a sign outside of the house. Okay, it, it feels a like sign. a family home, does it not? Like this home has been with them for, ye- I feel like generations. To like me, before that's what it Molly feels and like. Arthur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, just because yeah, sure. like it's so, it's such like a home built out of pastiche where like there were multiple additions added to it, that that's how mm-hmm. it feels like over time as the family grew and then passed they it added down. On. They, keep, they kept adding, yeah. Yeah, so do we know exactly how many bedrooms there are? Do we just kind of make a guess? Does that become apparent in later books? I don't think it's ever fully revealed. I mean, Fred and George share a room. Right. Mm-hmm. Jenny has her own room. So Ron does Percy. has his own room. So I, I don't think they you ever actually find out specifically how many. Okay, I'm going to keep an eye on that in the later books in terms of when they're like so and so shacks up with so and so when they like when Charlie and Bill visit cuz that's what I'm like at one point did everyone have their own room except Fred and George? I don't know, I'm just curious. I don't know if this is the right point in the episode to get into it. Oh my god. Get into what? <laughs> but I'm How going many to. children Molly and Arthur have? That's not it. <laughs> That's not, I, it's not the issue of children. And I, under, I fully understand how this is going to make me sound, but I, I honestly don't understand how they are so poor. I don't, okay. No, no, in terms when, of like the wizarding world, how does a family become this poor? I agree with that. Because when you think about, like when you think about a typical person and what their expenses are and like what they would have to pay for month to month, they're very clearly not paying a mortgage, which for most people is the biggest expense every month, okay? Mm -hmm. They're not paying a mortgage. School is free. 
So you figure at any given time they have like three to four kids going to Hogwarts. So they're not having to feed them at that time. Okay? Mm -hmm. So they're saving a ton on food. They don't have to pay for any type of transportation costs. They're in the UK, so they don't have any medical costs. What are they spending Arthur's paycheck on? Is it all on food? What is happening that they don't have savings? I he, don't get it. I think you're just supposed... Oh, he, go ahead. Oh, I assumed he he's buying... He's using all the extra money to buy the shed full of muggle garbage. So you think he's just really irresponsible financially. He's like, essentially, he's like someone who has a gambling addiction, but he's addicted to buying like rubber ducks. When you break it down like that, but I also will say, I don't know, based on what we know about how the wizarding community thinks about muggle stuff, I don't know, even though he works for the Ministry of Magic, I don't know how someone who how much someone who works in the misuse of muggle artifacts office truly makes, because I don't think that they would deem that like a worthy enough position to like have it make a bunch of money. Like it definitely feels like Arthur is doing that because it's his passion project. Yeah. I was going to say, are we, I would just guess that we're supposed to assume that his salary is very low. And because they have so many kids, they're paying more than someone that only has, an only child or two kids or something like that. Didn't they, don't they win the lottery in the, ne- in, the, yeah. in the next book? Next book? Mm-hmm. The galleon and draw, I think he, it's called. Yeah. He does end up like in later books, he ends up getting a, a promotion and he makes more money, but it just seems to me like in, in our world, what would be our biggest expenses and what would cause us to have financial hardship do not exist in their world. So it's hard for me to wrap my mind around the fact that they, like he, if, if they are this poor, he has to be making so little money, like clearly yeah. not a living wage. Mm-hmm. But then this also takes me down a road, which is very dangerous because then it's like every single question in the world. I'm like, I don't. Like, where do they go grocery shopping? Do they go to, like, a muggle grocery store? Is it all farm to table? Like, do they grow everything in their backyard? Right, in their garden. Is there Mm -hmm. a grocery store in Diagon Alley? And every time Molly needs, like, a gallon of milk, she has to go to Diagon Alley to pick it up. What's going on there? How are wizards, how do wizards and witches fit into the fabric of British society do they like I don't know what they if they have like social security numbers in the UK but like do they have to somehow be like are they all off the grid could they be eligible for social services within the UK like could they be on welfare what is going on how do they relate to the rest of the world because in later books, Ron and Harry get driver's licenses, so they have to somehow exist within the country. But, like, what? They get driver's licenses? In the epilogue. Oh, like they drive muggle cop. I didn't think they actually got licenses. I thought it was just they did, like, a spell on the muggle cop to be like, oh, no. you're good. No, they, they have licenses. But it's just, but I'm just like, how, like, what is this? What role are they playing? What is this balance? How no, Ariana, you fool. They have licenses. <laughs> <laughs> I think she just was on a tangent and she didn't want to get sidetracked. <laughs> I wasn't offended, but it was just funny. <laughs> Adam said it. 
<laughs> I knew you were just on a tangent. But I, re- I just genuinely don't remember them ever saying that. So I was like, oh. I will also say in terms of like money and like wealth, the only characters that we ever see that have a lot of money are families with wizarding families that have like passed money down, like old money. So like the Malfoys, yeah, like inherited obviously, a manor. Mm-hmm. obviously Harry Blacks. had like, yeah. So like, I, I don't, is it just like they, they've stopped making galleons. So there's so many, so many galleons to go around the wizarding community. They won't, they won't, they won't print more galleons. Yeah. I literally think it's just her way of trying to be like, there's classism here. Classism is very prevalent, but like not really going into explaining it fully because that's the whole thing. Like when you think about magic, it's hard to imagine how that could be the case with a family like the Weasleys. You know, I think it's just so we are more sympathetic to all of them. I think that if you, if a normal person were to read this series, they would not spend this much time thinking about it. <laughs> no, but it is a good point because it's just like it's not really ever explained. It's has just Joe, like they're poor has, at the end. Has Joe actually said that Hogwarts was free? I not. I believe yes. Well, I, you do I would have to double check, but I am <clears throat> fairly certain that Hogwarts is free. I would say I'm because, 95% certain. Because you do because, have to buy all the books, the robes, right. the, you know, like, so I get that, that it would, and wands for, since they have so many kids, they have to get a wand for each kid every few years, you know? So I do get that. I, I guess I don't, because like, I guess, yes, that there's only one wizarding school. So you would hope that you're not charging people because you're forcing them to only have one option. But at the same time, it feels like, it is a private boarding school institution, a la like the smeltings of where Dudley's going. So, which sure. they are obviously paying for him to go to there. So, I wouldn't be surprised if Hogwarts did have like a fee of some. I don't know. I have no idea. I think we're just supposed to assume that Mr. If so, it's salary... if so, it's a real racket. If that's true, I just I sent think... you a link oh, I to see an it. article that says Hogwarts is free. Um, I think we're just supposed to assume that Mr. Weasley is obviously the only one, you know, making any money, bringing in any income. Um, Molly obviously doesn't work because she's a stay-at-home mom and takes care of all the kids. And because they have so many kids, they just, they're tight for money or tight on money. Strapped for cash. I think that we're just supposed to like, I mean, I guess it is a children's book. We're just supposed to be like, okay. The poor ones. But they have enough money that they end up going to the World Cup. That's because he works for the ministry. So he mm-hmm. got oh, like a right. deal on. That's right. But, they I borrowed mean, that... the tents. And... Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's a good, I guess it would make sense though, if like he was spending money on the different muggle things that he likes to study, like buying, spending a bunch of money on the car or something like that, which, mm-hmm. but then that's like, oh, well, that's stupid. Like you're wasting. So then that's like, well, that's not a positive thing to think about. So it's like, well, I hope it's not that. <laughs> Anyway, so let's say, for Allie's sake, let's say it is that Arthur Weasley is spending all of their money. Allie, is there anything you'd like to say to Arthur Weasley? <laughs> you selfish son of a bitch! Destroy him. It was worth it. Well, the most important thing I learned from this discussion is that Harry and Ron have driver's licenses. <laughs> so <laughs> now I know. <laughs> I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back and look tonight, but I'm pretty sure that they have a discussion about like passing their test. 
and oh okay that would make sense so, when they see each other yeah okay yeah okay back to the actual chapter and the content yes. of what happens in this chapter so they land they're like okay let's go inside and fred is like here's what we're gonna do we're gonna all go to bed and then we're gonna wake up and harry you're gonna come downstairs and we're gonna be like mom look who showed up in what world would Molly believe that? That's my note is literally Molly never would have believed this shit. <laughs> never. She immediately, like, if she, because obviously she knew the whole time, but like, right. she would know, like, she would be like, you guys are lying. Yeah. What did you do? Yeah. Especially it's knowing also, Fred and George. Also that, mm -hmm. but also, is it later in the series when they go back to the borough when they talk about the, the arm Lock. of the thing is on the mortal peril mm -hmm. so like definitely there's one there's stuff that we don't even see on the clock because she she mentions it or the it's mentioned briefly in this chapter that it says like at home at da 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 whatever mm. but there has to be ones that be, is like obviously not like in the sky flying a fort anglia but like traveling traveling and yeah you, like you Out. are you have a GPS system on you at all times. Like you have to know that she's going to figure it out. You're so stupid. So as they're trying to get back into the house, Molly Weasley appears and they're like, oh no. And she starts to just lay into them. I do really love it it says at one point, it seemed to go on for hours. <laughs> And I think uh, that just right there, I think that's how Adam feels when we're recording this podcast. And especially when, <laughs> especially when I'm talking, I think that could apply to Adam. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I immediately was like, that's how Adam feels. <laughs> as I check, as I check the corner of the screen where it says how long we've been on the zoom so far. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I, I honestly think if I was a mom and I had as many kids as Molly had, and specifically that my children were Fred and George, I would react the same exact way. Like just the long winded, like, oh, the things you didn't think about, how dare you, blah, blah, blah. Like, that would be me. I'd be like, I can't believe you did this to me. For a second, Ari, I thought you were going to say, if I had as many children as Molly Weasley, I'd be like, all right, I can lose a couple. <laughs> <laughs> No, well, it wasn't what I was going to say, but <laughs> great. Yeah, I can lose one of the tw twins maybe like five <laughs> years from now. Oh, no. Too soon. Do we want to talk about gender roles or do we just want to kind of like let that nightmare rest? I oh, no. We, no, I, I think we should because I there's a lot of things that we can mention about that throughout the books that I realize now as an adult that you don't realize as a kid, but I feel like that's the problem because you're so young that you'll just be like, oh, okay, that's the mm -hmm. way I guess, you know, my role should be since I'm a woman. Yeah, it, well, and I was I was reading, so when I was reading this last night, you know, she's feeding them and it at one point she's like cutting and buttering Harry's bread for them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what a good mother. But then I was like, well, why does that make her a good mother though? That she's like, you know, making food, you know, that's not like, mm -hmm. that's not the sole qualifier of what yeah. a good mother is. So yeah. anyway, so that was just me, you know, thinking about feminism, thinking about gender roles. The <laughs> she's just like taking the extra time. So you're like, oh, she's going out of her way. Yeah. Yeah, doing that. I just, I guess, I guess the point, I guess what I was thinking about is that like clearly JK Rowling wanted to make 
the Weasley family be like the quintessential like wonderful mother like yeah. the parents that anyone would want to have and the fact that she made Molly to be like the very stereotypical housewife that has dinner ready for you when you get home and is do you know is is mm-hmm. doing all of the household work I was like that's it's just it's so tired if you she... think about it we don't really hear about any of the female characters jobs other than Tonks and the teachers mm-hmm. we don't know what Harry's mom did for a living we don't know what um like this is a jump but like draco's mom did for a living i could see well it her- says in the epilogue that they passed their driver's license tests um, <laughs> so i don't know if you knew that but they were drivers they were uber drivers so <laughs> narcissa malfoy was an uber driver excuse you <laughs> i could see narcissa being like an influencer like a mommy blogger oh my god yeah 100%. But yeah, a lot of the a lot of the women, it I would guess that they're stay at home moms, which to me is like. <clears throat> well, and it they is. also, I was just gonna say they also all have kids like super young. Mm-hmm. Umbridge is the only other woman I can think of that has like a job outside of the ministry or outside oh, of yeah. Hogwarts. Yeah, that's a good point. We only meet her. But she's oh, a monster. Oh wait, there is okay, right. Wait. No, yeah, I mean yes. Good point, but I take my uh, I take that back because uh, not Susan Bones, Amelia Bones, and Mathalda Hopkirk, I guess. So those two and Rita Skeeter. Oh, Rita Skeeter, but also a bad but character. Again, yeah, yeah. It's like the ones that no. are fully formed. Well, like- pe- women can be bad too, Allie. I don't know if you knew. Not all women are good. Yeah. Have you no. met Bellatrix <laughs> Lestrange? <laughs> but she needs to have Tonks is really the only character that we get who is like a career woman and yes yeah and even then you could see that you read into her being clumsy and like that type of thing too that there's not like i would really like to know what lily evans job was because she was very bright and a very good student and head they were head girl and head boy right her and james i believe so so like what happened with her i here's how i feel about like the molly weasley of it all it's hard because on one hand, I understand exactly what you're saying. On the other hand, like, obviously, like, stay-at-home moms actually do exist and, like, have a very hard job that they... Oh, and yeah. That, it's, like, like, a real thing. It's, like I'm Especially when you have seven children. Yeah. Right. And I, I'm not trying to take anything away from, like, people who actually choose to do that. I don't mind it. I think it's fine because in their circumstance, like, that whole thing makes sense. And I think yeah. setting setting molly up to be like his surrogate mother mm-hmm. yeah. makes a lot of sense because <clears throat> the and then his surrogate father ends up becoming um serious later yeah. so like that all is fine but like once you get into like thinking about the tertiary characters that are just like never never disc- like again yeah. like the blacks and i feel like i need to like say not the like the blacks feels very <laughs> oh, very strange yeah no no the, the black family Narcissa yeah. and um what is the other what is her sister andromeda andromeda, andromeda yes andromeda i don't know yeah. i mean it's no. all, it's very strange There's no no that's about. that's a very good point and that's why i think like if if molly weasley and like a couple other characters were stay-at-home moms i wouldn't really think anything of it it's just the fact that like we really don't get we do not even get any information about Lily unless it has to do with, okay, Slughorn talking about her. But 
unless it has to do with Snape being in love with her. That's the only yeah. time we get background about Lily. So like we, we hear all about James. We hear all about James' friends. Like it's like Lily doesn't even have friends. It's mm -hmm. almost like like so that's my thing is I'm just like we really don't get into the meat. And that's like reading these books back. That is my biggest um like annoyance or like I get really irritated with that because I'm just like yeah wow there really isn't a good um dive into the female characters in the way I wish we got and there just aren't there's just not a, a, a an equal representation of female women in this series as there no. are to men like there's so Molly and Ginny are two of like nine women in that house two of not two two women out what? of nine people in that house Oh, okay. I was like nine women. <laughs> Two women out of nine whole people. There's nine yeah. women in the Harry Potter series. <laughs> That's it. That I don't in total. That. That's, that seems like too many. The like <laughs> the only thing that like goes against uh, the one thing I was trying to think about that she does that I was like, oh, was like when Angelina becomes Quidditch captain. Then you're like, like, oh. Or Ginny going on to be like a professional Quidditch player. Yes, but that's not even, that's just like more canon than like in the, yeah, in the book. D that doesn't really get mentioned at all, unless you do like Pottermore, mm -hmm. you know? So, that's but like, uh, yeah. That's more Chudley canon, yeah. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> um, or Hermione, Ginny, like taking Ginny, over the ministry. Ginny plays for the Holyhead Harpies, so. Oh, the all-women team. Yeah. But even that, we could even talk about that. Can we talk about how their name is the Harpies? Like, and they're an all women team. Yeah, the 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 sexy shrews. Ah, God. Okay. Okay. We could. The big, this will come the up. The big bitchy bimbos are coming to the pitch. Bitchy bimbos. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. That there will be more in the books to come. There's more like. In, in this the vein of what we're discussing that's just going to come up i mean there's more stuff to be discussed tune in but next i do week. but i do think you're right that like molly it was necessary for her to be a stay-at-home mom it makes sense i'm just like the other female characters i'm like you know i would really like to know what they did that would have been nice so they eat a very healthy and nutritious breakfast and then they're like let's go to bed no, they don't that is an English breakfast, girl. There is okay, nothing sorry. nutritious about an me, English breakfast. Me, take it's fine. It's she put like worse. nine sausages and three fried eggs on his plate. He has cholesterol. He's getting a heart attack in a week. <laughs> the, they, the cholesterol is more of a thing if you're having like tons of sugar with that, though. If you're just straight up having like the sausages and the eggs, it's not as terrible as you would think it is. What do you think comes out during tea time? What do you think Molly Weasley's making? Gluten oh no! Free, I'm sure there was anything. No, she's fully making like <laughs> frosted scone cupcakes. Like I'm she's she's leaning in. <laughs> I'm just saying it's it, the the meat and the eggs isn't like the problem in terms of that. I'm not arguing with you that there isn't a lot of unhealthy things in the breakfast platter for them. I'm sure there maybe is. maybe they're just paleo. I didn't think about that. <laughs> no, they be. have bread. I can really see Fred and George jumping Don't you on the eat paleo bread train in paleo. No, paleo is like you eat like cavemen. Like no grain. Yeah. Oh. It's like only like stuff direct or whole foods. Mm, like fruit, berries. Fruit, yeah. Meat. Anything you can uh, scavenge. Vegetables. Yeah. It'd mm. be like what you could scavenge. And then like nuts and stuff. So take two. They have a very hearty and filling breakfast. <laughs> there you go. 
And then they're like, this was a lot of heavy food. We need to go to sleep. And Molly's mm-hmm. like, no, you chose to be out all night illegally flying. So you're going to go denome the garden. My, I have in my notes right here. I really don't even know what to say about the gnomes. What am I supposed to glean? What am I supposed to learn? Do I think, am I supposed to think this is fun or interesting? Does this advance the plot? Does this come back later? Is this the first time that we've seen Joe get something past an editor where they were like, all right, we'll let you have it? Mm-hmm. I <laughs> yeah. think so. It's because when I was reading it, I was like, this, they could have cut this. There's yes. nothing about this is important yep. other than like, she was like, I want to add a bit of whimsy yeah. to, to the world. I, I, it's the only thing is that it's like her just being like, I want to really fill out the world of, of the Weasleys. They throw them. And they spin. I remember in the game, in the like video games, this was like a big portion of the beginning of um, the second game because they make it like a competition. Of course, Harry throws his the furthest. Mary Sue, Harry Potter. Are we still talking about the gnomes? Unfortunately. I I... I just want to ask my question that keeps coming up, which is creature or like person. Are we supposed oh, to like, Oh, so I'm sorry to do this. Um, so I, no, you're not. I pull, I pulled Don't this be. out. Oh, Uh-oh. does it classify? So it's, it's interesting because, because what I, the reason why I actually pulled it out is because I wanted to know if house elves were listed in there. Yeah. I wanted oh. to know if they were classified as, beast yeah as slaves and so and so um there is an introduction part where they talk about how um what is a beast and it's like so the difference is there's a beast and there's a being and it talks about how they decide what is a beast and what is a being yeah there's just it's just like it's first of all for for let me interrupt you because they could not see what you pulled out the dear listeners Oh. She pulled out fantastic the book Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yeah, that like paperback by, old like red, written famously uh, by Newt copy. Scamander, which is now a series by Eddie of Redmayne. Yes. Why did they? The okay, Danish sorry. girl herself. We don't need. To, God, we don't need to go into this that much. But why was that the series? I'm sorry, but clearly everyone would want a series about the Marauders. Maybe she she just wanted to sell more of those books. Of the but didn't they all go to like a pro? Wasn't it all for like a charity? Yeah, J.K. Rowling is a really charitable person. <laughs> Didn't you know she gave up her billionaire status? Yeah, I mean, that's morally, true. really. All billionaires should be forced to give up their billionaire yes. status. Whoa, yes. sorry about yes. it. No, don't be sorry. You're hundred percent right. But um, yeah, that's the last like nice thing I can say about J.K. Rowling. So uh, you were saying a beast and a being. That's what got us oh. on. <laughs> yeah, billionaires. Billionaires are beasts. Billionaires. Billionaires are beasts. Um, it's, I, I don't want to get into the specifics of it because even the, the specifics, I was like, this is really murky and total bullshit and I don't like it. Yeah. It's all but, just bad. <laughs> but they were basically like, this is how we would classify. Well, and basically JK Rowling was like, let, let me let myself off the hook and be like, 
there's no clear answer which like fuck yourself so technically was that speaking, about house elves there was there was like no mention of house elves which... whether they were a beast or being mm-hmm. of course of course mm-hmm. there wasn't because she's like well i know I was know. there a mention so, of any type of elf no i looked interesting so, no okay. gnomes are technically speaking a beast originally they were considered a being because one of the first qualities or qualifications of a being is any creature that that walks on two legs that was the original one and then they were like this is <laughs> so like trolls or like, beings yeah they were like this has flaws yeah so, yeah <laughs> and like and the centaurs weren't included so then like the yeah, centaurs, centaurs since then have mm-hmm. been in a bad mood like since that happened they are listed as beasts yeah i'd be pissed too if i was a centaur Centaur. Anyways. Is it centaur? Centaur? What do you guys say? Centaur. Centaur. <laughs> I say centipede. Is that not right? I think uh, honestly, it's centipede. Thanks. I think I probably say both, just depending on what feels right. Centaurs. I think it's centaur. Centaur? Centaur? I think it's probably, but yeah, wherever you're from, it changes. That's an interesting conversation. Let's get into the etymology of the <laughs> word centaur. <laughs> Our listeners are like, God, are you going to get back to the chapter? Damn it. No. Um, <laughs> so the gnomes, I just cut it, like rip the pages out, cut it. Where was the red pen from the editors? Needless. Let's, let's move on. Yeah. Arthur it would have been more interesting if like they had had to like feed the chickens. Like I would have been like, oh, okay. So it's a rural area like da 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 <laughs> okay or like just doing magic around the yard i would have been enter- more entertained by that it's like oh well how do wizards you know keep up with their their lawns and gardens and such on a farm or like molly explaining how they exist within british society <laughs> would have been interesting to me too everyone has to get a driver's license step one <laughs> <laughs> so Arthur gets home, he's had a long night at work, and Molly comes to yell at him because he's made a flying car. I love, okay, I love Arthur, but it's very corrupt that he was the one who was writing the laws that had loopholes specifically for his illicit behavior. That's, that is very corrupt. I don't know how um, laws are written in the UK here. Michael? Yeah, Michael, any expertise in Parliament? I don't understand. I don't know if I believe that Arthur Weasley wrote this law. I don't know if he would have that sway. I don't know if, I don't know. Well, here's the thing. They never talk about a legislative body. That's what I'm saying. That's true. Until so, the undersecretary to the minister comes along. That's like the first time we get someone that can write legislation. I don't know what's going on here, but it feels very corrupt. And I don't, it's like, again, your fave is problematic. Arthur is writing laws so that he can do stuff that's questionable. Yeah. Um, and so then M- Molly is now yelling at him. She's like, well, you, uh, the, the car, what are you doing? I do. Here's the thing. Again, I'm sorry to take us back here. But I love, like, I love Arthur in this conversation because he's just very funny. And it's like, you know, oh, he's like so excited. They, they flew the <laughs> car. But yeah. Molly in this scene feels a lot like Sally Field and Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, sure. Where yeah. she's like, 
why do I always have to be the bad guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just want to have fun with the kids and I have to be the bad guy. So again, mm-hmm. going back to gender roles, I, yeah. mm-hmm. when I was thinking, when I was thinking, when I was reading this, I was like, man, I loved this scene. And now I'm like, shoot. Yeah. It's very Mrs. Yeah. Doubtfire. That's a perfect comparison. Well, and it's not even just Mrs. Duffy. I mean, it's like every sitcom literally yeah. ever. Yeah. Well, during yeah. that, if we think about it, yeah. I mean, within those, what, the 20 years of filmmaking, like that was always kind of the, around this time, like that was like the the female mother role was always that mm-hmm. type of character. Yeah. That just came top of mind because, I mean, if I can yeah. bring Sally Field into the conversation, I'm going to bring Sally Field into the conversation. <laughs> Then, you know, they're they're fighting, and so Ron's like, Harry, let's go upstairs. I don't want you to see this. <laughs> let's go upstairs to my let's bedroom. Let's go to my room. So Ron, it- Harry breathes. <laughs> Take those bars off and come to my room. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Um, so they go up to, to Ron's room. How on brand is it for Ron to support like a terrible Quidditch team? And like bright, their color is bright orange. (laughs) Don't you be bitching about those maroon sweaters anymore, Ron. Yeah, the color bright orange should not exist, first of all. (laughs) Let's, Let's just delete that color. And also, I love how proud he is that they're ninth in the league. And also, this is what I was thinking when I was reading it. Ron is the only fan in his family. Like, does anyone else give a shit about the Chubby Cannons? <laughs> He's the only one. <laughs> no. Look at on the last page of Fantastic Beasts. He draws oh Chubby Cannons. Oh, my God. Cannons. Oh, how funny. He's a loser. Ron's a loser. <laughs> and I love Ron. I do think the location of Ron's room is the coolest of all the rooms. Like, how cool would it be? Ron's got the penthouse. Yeah, he's got the coolest room. The finished, like, attic room would be so cool mm-hmm. for a kid that age. I would be so scared that that house would tip over. It's, it's held magic up by magic. Up. And as we see later, magic can't solve everything to save a home. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wait, what are you referring to? The fire. <laughs> oh, that at the That only happens in the movie. And that is yeah. canon. That is Chudley Cannon. <laughs> Chudley Cannon. That is a good point, though. That is kind of weird. Like, in the, cause in the book. It only happens in the movie? Yeah, in the book, they can't mm-hmm. touch the house since it's protected by the Fidelius charm. We'll talk about that when we get to the. I would like to. I would like, instead of reading stupid Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, or even worse, Quidditch Through the Ages, <laughs> why not give me The Adventures of Martin Miggs, the Mad Muggle comic <laughs> yeah. series? That sounds amazing. I would yeah. love to read that. I would love to see what a what a wizard comic comes up with for what muggles do in their spare time. That sounds fun to me. It has to be like a muggle that was bitten by like a magical animal or something, like Spider-Man, you know? Like it that's that's my guess is that was that's what it would be. I would love even more, though, if it was a muggle just doing everyday things. Like a wizard. To a wizard, they're like, why are you doing that when you could use, like, washing the dishes? Yes. Like, there's an entire comic about how he has to wash the dishes and then he gets a dishwasher or something. Or he's like an engineer and it's just like, wow, amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love when she takes a second to have a moment like this between Harry and Ron, because you can just tell that Ron is like, 
even though him and Harry are BFFs, he's like still a little nervous because he's, you know, kind of embarrassed about being poor. And I did want to make a point to say, I don't think Harry's room at the Dursleys is like that big. So, <laughs> cause he's like, it wasn't, it's not like that room you had at the Muggles. It's like, what, what room? That room is also teeny, but I guess he's just saying like a literal bedroom rather than how he's like converted the attic into his room. But the fact that Harry is just like, this is the best house I've ever been in and is just like so in love with it because that's like really what Ron needs is for his best friend to just be like, I love it. You know, mm -hmm. that's like obviously the best case scenario for Ron in his mind of like uh, what he's worried Harry's going to say. So whenever there's moments like that between Harry and Ron, I'm just always like, <laughs> it's like the, the, on the train, the moment between mm -hmm. them when Ron's like, she doesn't have a lot of time to make us food and stuff like, and Harry's like, or when he's like, I can't afford one. Harry's like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. That's like exactly what Ron needs. I love it. So pure. Well, and it's also, I mean, it's it's really the first home that Harry has ever been in. Yeah, that is a home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can see, I can see the Dursleys being one of those houses where you're like, kids live here. Yeah, the room you know? that has like plastic over the furniture. Or Gross. like. Their house is exactly like Kim Kardashian and Kanye West's house with like the minimalist this, nothing. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why would you ever want to? Whatever. I'm not even gonna go down that road. I don't talk about that family, the Kardashians. I will say there's a there's a line in this in the thing when they go out to the garden and it says like they they walked out to the garden and it was better than any garden Harry had ever seen, even though the Dursleys would hate it. There were like weeds everywhere, and I was like. Mm -hmm. I'm siding with the Dursleys. There shouldn't be weeds in your garden. <laughs> like you should be weeding your garden. That's the whole point of a garden. He's overcorrecting. Yeah. Well, that's the chapter. I uh, hated it. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was fine. I'm ready for something to happen, and I think it takes a while in this book specifically for us to like get to a little something. bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I know we... what I forgot to mention. Oh, okay. Um, when Arthur is talking about what a night he's had, we get our first mention of Mundungus Fletcher. Oh, yeah. Adam, oh, yes. Mundungus Fletcher is a member of the Order of the Phoenix who Yes, comes I remember. Back. Yes. Um, also, the, the moment of Arthur Weasley not even noticing Harry is sitting at the table is such a, like, dad thing. <laughs> and he's like, Harry? Who's Harry? <laughs> well, Ari, I wanted to ask you if you had anything else to say, anything else to share, any thoughts, maybe? <laughs> No, so I was making that face. I was like, Adam, it's your moment. Thank you, Ari, for your contributions. <laughs> yeah. I am. Wait, actually, I do have one last thing to say. Knew it. If anyone is unaware, Harry and Ron get their driver's licenses in the... <laughs> <laughs> I actually do. When you, you said something... You fool! <laughs> This is exactly like when Adam didn't know who Bertha Jorkins was. <laughs> My favorite part, though, was that, like, Adam saying that was so delayed. Like, Allie had a whole other wind of, like, what she was talking about. And then Adam's like, Betty Adam's Jenkins? Like, no, Wait, Bertha Jorkins, because now, now I think I've forgotten. She's the one who comes out of the, out of the thing when the ghosts come back out from the spell? Yes, different than okay. Batilda Bagshot. Wait, are you kidding which one is that? She Batilda dies. Batilda Bagshot 
wrote a history of magic. She lived in Godric's. Oh, Florida. okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. Um, I do know what you're talking about in the epilogue now, Allie, because I remember Ron is saying like, no, I, I passed. I didn't even have to confund the jinx, the teacher or whatever. And Hermione's like, I, I knew you could do it. And then he like turns to Harry and, and is like, no, I did. He's like, no, I totally did. <laughs> yeah. I totally cheated. So I do remember that now. Well, this was a great episode. Do you, Allie, we have a new review. Would you like what? to read it? What? <laughs> This is funny. The the username is funny after the what username said. is funny because we just talked about it. Uh, laughed so hard I fell off my broom. <laughs> From Michael the Mad Muggle. Ah! Uh-huh. Oh my gosh! These three have incredible chemistry and banter, as well as an almost encyclopedic knowledge of the Potterverse. Any fan of the series will love this podcast for sure. Aww. Thank Thanks, you, babe. listener, whoever you could be. Thank um, you. Thank you, random person. <laughs> thank you for reviewing. You know what you could do, listeners, who have still not reviewed our prod? Take you know two. what you could do? <laughs> you know what you could do, listeners, who have still not reviewed our podcast? You could go rate, review, and subscribe at Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Anywhere you get your podcast, truly, truly and completely. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at HP Anxious and at it, on Instagram at HP Anxious. So please follow those as well. Allie and Ari, thank you so much for joining me today in the Barrow. Thank you for having us, Adam. Thanks. Thanks so much. First time, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> I wish that were true. I wish that was your first time. All right. And as always, not. Not a bit network. Find us on Instagram at Not a bit network for our other shows.